Well, praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. This is our Romans Bible study. We're in chapter 7, part 1. Grab your Bibles, pencil, paper, something to write with, take notes with our old faithful pencil, and uh, we can get things written down, study it more in depth later, go look at it your own selves. But uh, we had 24 parts to chapter 6, which was a tremendous blessing to me, <clears throat> and I know it was for you. And God is doing, he's saying and doing great things in these last days today in the church. Very, very little time left as we know time in the church age. It's, the Lord is about to come get us and he's trying to get his church to learn to live in victory through faith in the cross, the only place it can happen. So he's bringing his people back to their first love, their first works, which means faith in the cross alone. It's the only place those things can happen. And so God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast today. <clears throat> and if you've missed any of our sessions, you can go to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, where everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded, all of our preaching sermons on Wednesday night, Sunday mornings, uh, our Monday and Thursday morning Romans teaching, and our Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time Righteousness teaching. So you can join us live uh, on the Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page or watch it later on the YouTube channel. Again, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316 or the website thecrosswaychurch.com. I encourage you to go there, donate in the ministry. You're sowing in good ground when you find a ministry that is focused on the gospel. It's not just on the sign. It's not just on a flyer handout. It is what we believe. It is what we preach and teach. It is what we sing about. It is what we talk about. The scriptures are about Christ and what he did at Calvary. And, and we're, we've concluded that. We've determined to know nothing other than that. So praise God. I'm glad you found us. And I hope you'd follow along with us as today we begin chapter 7. And I always have three series that we've done up here. They're $25 each or any three you could have for 60 Make sure when you go to the website and hit the donate button and send your money that you put your address and you put exactly what it is you want and we will mail them out to you immediately and uh, you will be blessed. There's 12 CDs, 11 CDs, and I don't remember how many this one's got. It's, it's got uh, part eight, eight parts, sanctification. These are fabulous Bible teaching, not opinions of men, and you will be superbly blessed as you step into the only place you can learn and that's faith in the cross of Christ. Praise God. Romans chapter 7, verse 1. This is going to be extraordinary. This is going to be phenomenal. This is going to be amazing for those of us who have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in these very last few moments of this grace age as we know it. <clears throat> so Romans chapter 7, verse 1. Know ye not, brethren... For I speak to them that know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. Now, let's begin to break this down and understand this. I pray the Holy Spirit desires, I know He desires for us to, to know and to grow because you can't grow until you know the truth. And so when he says, don't you know, and Paul says that quite often in this letter, don't you know. <clears throat> 
That means there's something there that we should already know. And because we don't know it like we should, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is going to get more specific and explain it in greater depth because there's one thing we need to come to the conclusion of and that's the Holy Spirit who is God who comes to reveal Jesus to us in the Scripture so that we can walk in the light of who Jesus is and experience the benefits that He died for us to be able to have. He wants us to know what the Bible is about. He wants us to know the truth. He wants us to <coughs> live and experience the truth of who Jesus is and not to be trapped in a place where we can't be fruitful. We can't experience the things Jesus died to give us. So the Holy Spirit goes in depth to try to get His people to understand the difference between law and grace and living under grace and law. 99.9% .9 of all preachers, notice I just didn't say the church, 99.9% .9 of all preachers, even the ones that get up and preach hard against sin, if they are not opening their Bibles and pointing you to Calvary, they do not understand grace. They might tell you grace is what saved you through faith in the cross of Christ, but after that, that's, that's all they know. Then from that point, it's telling you what you better be doing to experience the victory, and that's law. Always remember this, and I'll say this all through this seventh chapter, I hope, that the law, never forget this, the law is what you do. It's what you do. Law is a law. We have laws for the doing of laws. Grace is what God does. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. That's 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. That means the work at Calvary, God was in Christ doing that. And Hebrews 2 and 9 tells us that Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. That means because God was working in Christ, led him to the cross, led him to, and everything that he did, but he led him to the cross to lay his life down. It was his mission, and that is the only avenue through which grace comes. That's why we need to know this. If that's not what our faith is in, then whatever our faith is in, it's now as though we're back under the law of doing this or not doing that or eating and tasting and all these ordinances which Jesus came and fulfilled all the law and now the law has been rendered, revealed as to what it was really for and Jesus fulfilled it and we don't live according to law. We're no longer under law. The last chapter, Romans 6 verse 14 says that sin no longer has dominion over us because we're not under law but under grace. Anybody on the planet know this. It's heartbreaking because you know just about every Christian you know is in this place. But every person, let's get specific, every Christian on the planet whose faith is in anything other than Christ and Him crucified Sin has dominion over them. It may not be the whiskey bottle, the pills, the adult, the fornication, but though it is spiritual adultery, and we're going to see that specifically in this seventh chapter, spiritual adultery. 
It means when I move my faith from what Christ did at Calvary to something else means now whatever that is my faith is in, it's me doing something. That's law. There are works for us to walk in, but they're in Christ. That means through my faith in His work at Calvary, then the Holy Spirit can save me, justify me, move in, dwell in me, and begin that perfect work in me. Amen. So we're going to see some things in this. But notice something very important in verse 1, verse 1 of chapter 7. Don't you know, brethren, for I speak unto them that know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. Now he says a man. That means men, women. That means anybody who's born is born under the law. He doesn't mean just a man. He means all men, which includes women. But then he turns around, and don't, don't get ahead of me, but he, he turns right around and he begins to give an illustration of this using the marriage. But in verse 1, he says how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. And, le, and let me say something about the law that we need to know and we'll talk about as we move through this chapter. Just because you and I are Gentiles doesn't mean... Uh, just because we're not Jews, not Israelis, not uh, Jewish people of the bloodline doesn't mean that we were not born under the law. You and I, Gentiles, away from being the people of God, not Jews, not Israelites, Gentiles, which is everything other than the lineage of Abraham, Gentiles, we were also born under law. And we acted as such. And I want to show you something you need to write down. You need to know this. It, you need to know these things. Look at, if you will, Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. This talking about me and you as Gentiles, the lost Gentile world outside of the Jewish people, which, by the way, they're lost too without Christ. But verse 14 of Romans 2 says this, For when the Gentiles which have not the law. When we were born, we weren't Jews. We, didn't know, we, ne we weren't raised up being taught the Ten Commandments, the rites, the rituals, the ceremonies of the Jewish people. But watch this. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature, that nature, the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Now watch verse 15. explains it which show, we Gentiles, we show the work of the law written in our hearts. Now stop right there. The law is written in all the hearts of men. Jew, Gentile, Jews, it was different. They had the Ten Commandments, the rituals, the rites, the ceremonies, the feasts, and all the things they were commanded to do. And the Gentile world out here, though they weren't, under all that, nevertheless, they were under laws. Watch this, verse 15, Romans chapter 2. This is very important because a lot of people, a lot of Gentiles say, well, I ain't under no law. Oh, yes, you were born under the law. In verse 15 of Romans chapter 2, the Bible says, us Gentiles show the work of the law written in our hearts. How do we show it? Keep reading. Their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile, here's, how, here's the manifestation of it. We accuse people 
of sin or we excuse the sin in someone's life. As long as we're benefiting from sin, we'll excuse it. But the moment I stop benefiting from some sin you're committing, I'll go tell the community that you're living in sin. Do you see that? We're under law. It's written in our hearts, even as Gentiles. Every person is born under the law, and that means guilty. Guilty. Now let's get back to our text. <clears throat> this is good stuff. And matter of fact, let's 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 move over the Lord's remind. Let's move over to Galatians chapter four, verse four. Watch this. Galatians four and four. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now think about that. Every person is under the law. Every person has to, us Gentiles have been adopted and placed into, there's another confirmation that us Gentiles were under the law and we had to be grafted in. We had to be adopted as sons and daughters of God. That's good news. We were outside the people of God. We weren't Jews. We weren't of Abraham's descent. And even the people, most all of them in the day when Jesus came, Jesus told them in John 8, your daddy's the devil. You're throwing up Abraham in my face like Abraham's your father. Your father's not Abraham. If Abraham was your father, if you believed Abraham, you'd believe me. But you don't believe Abraham. He, he, he spoke of me. And he tells them their daddy, your daddy is the devil. And that's found in John chapter 8. And he says, he speaks that to those who claim they believed upon him. Read that sometime. Make a note of it. Watch this in verse 1 again of chapter 7. Don't you know, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. And again, he's just using the word man here in general. Men, women, all people that are born into this life are under the law. Sin, the sin nature dominating as we just studied in a broad and a very uh, awesome way in Romans chapter 6 that every person on the planet is a slave and operating as a slave. The lost man who doesn't know Christ is a slave to the sin nature. He's under the law and he's dominated by the sin nature. Under law, the sin nature dominates. Those who live by rules and regulations and I, you know, trying to <coughs> get right with God by what they do, which is law, instead of faith in what Christ did, then the sin nature is dominating every one of those folks. Again, it may not be pornography, it may not be drugs and alcohol as it was at one time, but nevertheless, the sin nature dominates. And a lot of times, it's just the sin nature dominating in false religion, which is what we carry out under law. It's something false and not of God. The Bible says this, that anything not of faith is sin, and the law is not of faith. Let's think about that. The Bible says the law is not of faith. And there's another scripture that says anything not of faith is sin. Think about that. Anything not of faith is sin. 
anything I'm trusting in other than the faith of Jesus Christ and what he did by that faith for me at Calvary, humbly, obediently tasting death for me by the grace of God, and my faith in any other thing but that is a sin. Because it's not true faith. I may be quoting the Bible. I may be trying to believe these scriptures. But they can't be a reality. They can't be liberating for me. They, I, I can't have an experience with the word of God except by the spirit of God through my faith in the sacrifice of Christ. James writes that the Bible is the perfect, the, the perfect law of liberty. And there is no liberty from the Bible except our faith being the only thing God did in Christ to liberate us and that's the death of his son at Calvary. You don't get liberty even as a child of God. Hear me Christian, you don't begin to experience liberty just because you're a Christian. You begin to experience liberty. You began to experience liberty the moment you were born again. You experience the freedom from sin and becoming a servant of righteousness. You begin to experience that perfect work the Holy Spirit was doing in you. But the moment we got involved in some church and they told us that the reason things aren't working for us is because we're not doing this and things would get better with God if we would do this and God would be pleased more and we could be more right with God. We, all these things, these laws, they begin to place on us and they take our faith. We move our faith from the cross of Christ to something we're doing, the sin nature is revived and we'll see that in this chapter and, and begins to dominate us again. Most preachers are dominated by the sin nature today. Most all Christianity is dominated by the sin nature today. Again, it may not be the whiskey bottle. It may not be pornography. It may not be adultery. It may not be all those things that once held you captive but that sin nature will dominate you in other ways. And those things that are pecking away at you, dominating you right now, God's reminded me that I need to remind you there is no deliverance under the law for you. That means you can't do anything. That's what law is. You can't do anything to be delivered from that thing that's got a hold of you. Christ nailed that thing that's got to hold you to the cross 2,000 years ago and when the Holy Spirit sees your faith there he will begin to deliver you and walk you right out of those chains praise God so watch this don't you know brethren for I speak to them that know the law how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives and he's talking again let me say it men in general but then verse 2 he begins to explain this situation Remember, the Holy Spirit wants you to have something today that you might not have had or He wants you to have what you do have in a more specific, a more obtainable, a, more, a, a greater grip on this thing, what you actually have as a child of God. Watch this, verse 2. Because the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband <clears throat> so long as... He lives. But if the husband dies, if he is dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Now notice the example given here. As long as a woman 
is married to her husband, then she is bound by that law. She is his wife. She is under his authority. She is uh, to be submitted to him and they are to love each other and he's to love her and as Christ loved the church, I'm not trying to be one-sided here, my sisters, but the point is, as and the example here is for you and me to understand the difference between law and grace. So let's stay focused. Let's get this. This is not some feminist thing. It's the example the Holy Spirit who is God wants us to have. <clears throat> the woman, the, and it's an example, the woman who's married to a husband, as long as he's alive and she's alive, they're married by law. And she is under him by law. She's married to him by law. But if he dies because he no longer lives, he's no longer here, he's gone, he's dead, he's been removed, then she is loosed from the law of her husband. So watch verse 3. So then if while her husband lives, she goes and gets married to another man, she is called and is an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now notice what the example is about. And we're going to get into this because he's building up to something. As long as we're alive and we're rocking along here and we're under the law, until we're born again and delivered from the law. And he gives this example of all men being under law and the law having dominion over all men as long as they live. (coughs) Then he gives the example of what he's really talking about here. And he uses marriage to do it. As long as this woman married to this man and as long as this man is living they're bound to each other she's bound to him through the law of marriage but the moment he dies she is loosed from that law because he's not here for her to be married to he's gone he's been he has died so now she is free to marry another and when she marries another now She's not an adulteress because he's been put away. He's dead. Now she can marry another and not be called an adulteress. Now watch this in verse 4. And I know we're kind of moving through this, but that's good. You have to because it's tied together. (coughs) Excuse me. Verse 4 of Romans 7. Wherefore, see there, I'm building up. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. That means what he did at Calvary. His death for us, our faith in his death for us makes us, (coughs) excuse me, these allergies here are rough today. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ that you who've been born under law, bound under the law, that you should be married to another. Think about this. When you're born into this life, remember Romans 2, 14 and 15, 
You're born under the law. You're bound under the law. And under the law, the sin nature dominates. Now, I want you to think about that this morning. We're not going to get away from this because I, I, the Holy Spirit, more than anybody, wants us to know this. That every person who is living under laws of doing and not doing and tasting and not tasting for sanctification, for victory over sin, even things that are in the Bible such as fasting and prayer, whatever you're doing for deliverance and victory or salvation of any sort, if you're doing something for God to do something for you, then that's law. That's not grace. Grace is what God does and 1 Corinthians 2.12 says that He gave us His Spirit so that we could know what He freely offers us. Grace is what God does. We didn't save ourselves. We're saved by grace. Through faith, of course. But it's faith in what God did. And whatever God's doing today, it's going to only be by your faith in what allows Him to do His will in your life. And that's the sacrifice of Christ. Many of you watch these broadcasts. You occasionally turn it on and go here. You pop in and you think this is just good old Baptist teaching. No, it ain't. No, it's not. This is not being heard hardly anywhere on the planet. And I'm not exalting me. I'm exalting the truth of God's Word that we need to know, we need to have, we need to live in, we need to share, preach, teach, sing. We need to be a witness. Praise God. So let's read this again. In verse 4, Romans 7, Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Remember, it took a death to change the relationship we had with the law. It took the woman's husband dying to change her relationship with the law that she had that had her bound to her husband. You and I were born under the law. Sin nature dominating our lives. I don't care if you weren't the worst sinner out there. You were still a sinner out there serving a slave to the sin nature. And again, every person on the planet at this very moment and every moment is either a slave to Christ serving Him through faith in His obedience unto death on the cross or we're still, a, or we even as Christians go back to being slaves of the sin nature. If you missed Romans 6 teaching, go back, listen to every episode. It's the truth. It's not opinion. It's written right here for us. And the Lord wants you to know it. So, wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law, just like the woman became dead to the law when her husband died. But you, we've become dead to the law by the body of Christ, what he did at the cross, his death for us, that you should be married to another even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. There is no way to bring forth fruit unto God under the law. Only under grace, which is faith in what God did in Christ at Calvary, can there be fruit unto God. And when we move our faith from what God did in Christ at Calvary to anything else we're doing, even what we call biblical principles, biblical scriptures, biblical things that we are told to do 
but we're never told to put our faith in what we do. And when we do that, I don't care if we're doing it ignorantly and 99% of it is done in ignorance, if not all. But when we do that, make no mistake about it. The sin nature dominates again. And, and I know we'll have to back up because we've only got a couple of minutes left, but go on to fifth verse. We'll back up and dig more out in this. We need this. Watch this. For when we were in the flesh, and that's what we're in under the law, and there's no good thing in our flesh, and nothing can come good un from us under the law and from our flesh, and those that are in the flesh can't please God. That's the Bible. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, the passions, and the word here, don't forget the teaching in Romans 6, the word sins here is number 266, in the vines, and it's talking about the noun, the sin nature. What? Not committing acts of sin, the sin nature. For when we were in the flesh, the motions, the passions of the sin nature were by the law. Remember 1 Corinthians 15, 56 says that the law strengthens the sin nature. And we'll see that more specific in this 7th chapter. Watch this. For when we were in the flesh, the passions, the motions of the sin nature, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Now when we were lost, we were under law, and all there was was a big flesh pot, flesh party, and nothing, we could not please God in any way. The sin nature cannot please God. It cannot do one good work, even if it appears, appears to be a good work. It cannot. And when we were there, we were separated from God, lost in our sins. But when one day we believed the gospel of Christ, what he did on the cross for us, we were reconciled to God and we were immediately in fellowship with God. Him moving in by his spirit, dwelling in us, beginning a perfect work in us. But the very moment we begin to trust in something other than that work, that righteous work at Calvary, we, were, we cut ourselves off from grace Think about that, and we go back, I'll say it this way, we live and we begin to experience everything as though we're under law, and Galatians 4 and 4 says Christ came to deliver us who were under the law, and Galatians 5.18 says those that are led of the Spirit are not under law. That means the Spirit of God's never going to lead you back to the place of doing for righteousness, doing for salvation, doing for sanctification. Yes, there's lots to do, but the, all the doing is because of our faith is in the cross and then it's by His Spirit. Praise God, we're out of time. Woo, this is exciting. I'm looking forward to this seventh chapter. Don't miss one broadcast. Don't just hit the like button. Share these teachings with your friends, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, whoever you can get this into their ears, into their hands, so they have opportunity to hear it, and, and just hopefully they'll believe it. Praise God. Tune in with us. We'll be here this next Monday morning, 8.30 a.m., to continue this seventh chapter of Romans. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. in the studio, we'll continue our teaching on righteousness. You're going to be blessed. Until I see you again, God bless you. I love you. Praying for you. Pray for us. And stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.